You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 129 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the kitchen studio this week, as always, is my co-host Matt Smith. Hello, everyone. Hello. And yes. how are you on this fine evening? Feeling rather overdressed, it has I to know. be said. <laughs> he, Matt, you can see that. He's wearing a tie. He yes. thought he'd uh, dress yes. for the yes. occasion. We've got the uh, work green. uniform on. Yeah, he's got the Absolutely. work. He came straight from work today. I have, yes. And yes. Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, he's. Um, I, well, I keep he annoying you by driving up past your house and yeah. tooting the horn at all oh. hours of the morning, which is hilarious. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I have had a few, uh, I have had a few uh, horns from Matt this week. I, 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 as he's come past the house uh, in his outrageous. coach. <laughs> I can't believe you've just done that on the air. Oh, yeah, That's well. right. And you've done it as part of the show, so now I have to keep it in. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I don't love it. terrible. Anyway, we've got we, a really we busy have got chat a guest. Room. We've got a guest this week as well joining us on the show. I must just say, yeah, uh, we have a guest joining us uh, via um, the wonderful France, the country that is. French Froggy. And, uh, greetings and uh, good evening to Pilot Pip. Buongiorno, boys. And, uh, ça va? Uh, yeah. Ça va bien, merci. Yeah, bonjour. Oh. And uh, how are you? <laughs> bonjour. <laughs> uh, very well, thank you very much. Yes, I'm in Perpignan in uh, France, in the south of France. Just rocked up about an hour ago. Uh, got into this hotel, and uh, I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So we've got, as Matt said, we've got a very, 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 very full chat room this evening. We have. Uh, very full, indeed. indeed. We've got uh, um, a lot of people in. Micah's in, David Corson, Stuart Backer, Fattest Bloke, Benjamin Todd, Mariana P., Philip Davis, uh, Neville Bounds, I'm going down here, Jennifer, Nick Anderson, Pilot Pip. Connor Laurie. Connor Laurie, uh, Mash is in there, Matty Fab's yeah. in there. Um, I'm just going down, scrolling down the list here. There's, wow, there's lots of people. Dave Abbey's in the chat room. Captain Jeff is in the, the chat room. That is, My yeah. word, we better do a good show tonight. And, and a Mr. Anderson. And He's Mr. Anderson, well. yes, as well. Somebody's and, birthday, I think. And it? it is actually someone's birthday yes. who is in the chat room this week. So, especially for him. Oh, you're not going to make me do this again, are no. you? No, oh, we've done that a few weeks on the truck now. <gasps> oh, one, a two. A happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Nick, happy birthday to you. That was almost in tune and everything. I know. <laughs> Don't make me do that again. So anyway. happy right. birthday to <laughs> the uh, legend that is Captain Nick. Hope <clears> you're <throat> having a wonderful day. Indeed. Whatever you're doing. Indeed. Yeah. It's also my daughter's birthday today. Actually. Oh, really? Oh, excellent. Really? She's five years old. Is she? Oh, wow. How old so is Nick? She's only a few years older than Nick then. <laughs> Brilliant. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so well done, well done, yeah. Captain Nick. Yes, well done. Well done, Captain Nick. Reaching the ripe, ripe age of... Uh, 21 uh, plus VAT. 21 plus VAT. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, uh, we're doing an aviation show. I we are. Uh, yeah, we, we probably are. ought to focus on the task at hand. And, we do. Uh, and probably get started. So let's do some housekeeping first of all. It is, we are recording and or it's live depending on how you're watching this. It is the 9th of September. Obviously uh, worth mentioning, of course, that um, it is a very sad day in the States being the 9th. Yes, it um, is. Yeah. So it is, uh, it's, uh, uh, no, it's not. 
not today. No. I think no, you mean the 11th. I the do, 11th. don't I? I'm yeah. having a blonde moment. I'm having sorry. a blonde moment. <laughs> um, but we do have a bit more housekeeping to do mm. before we start the show. We do, yes. And, uh... Oh, oh, oh. oh I'll get me, me smoking jacket and slippers. <laughs> so, yes, it is the... Uh, obviously, it's the sort of uh, the beginning of the month. So it's uh, a big thank you, as always, to all our Patreon donators. And uh, this month, uh, apart from paying for uh, our Libsyn server fees, mm. we have also, uh, this month, uh, used our Patreon money to buy a new, lovely, shiny banner. Yes. Uh, with the, the uh, Plain Talking UK logo on, which we used for the first time at the Seeding Air Show last Sunday. Indeed. And uh, Matt uh, got all that sorted out. He contacted a, a, a local company, and they had the banner made yep. up for us literally within a few within, days. Within about three, yeah, three days from, from the phone yep. call. So thank Thank you very much to Black Dog Signs. That's yeah, Black Dog us. Signs. Yep. Thank you for uh, for sorting out that banner for us. Uh, if you want to see what the banner looks like, uh, if you go to YouTube and look at our episode 128, uh, you'll be able to see the pictures on there uh, of uh, of the banner, uh, and also on Facebook as well. If you go to Facebook.com, our Facebook page, you'll be able to see the banner. I'm far too busy. I'm far too busy grooving oh, to no, be able to. Busy busy yeah, man. <laughs> So, obviously, we're saying we need to say a big thank you to all our Patreon donators uh, that, uh, that have very kindly donated again all this month uh, to the show. Uh, mm. As you know, we really do appreciate the donations we get. They go absolutely 100% to uh, keeping us on the air and uh, so. supplying us with a few leads every now and again when they break and stuff, which they and, have done. And, um, and, of course, and we, used, we used the satellite in anger, didn't and we? And we course, used the satellite at Seething last yeah. Sunday, which yeah. worked incredibly well, as you all know, because we streamed. The, yeah, the air show live. Show. Yeah. Anyway, enough of this. Yeah, we're gonna have to turn. We we'll turn that down. There we go. Yeah, we can. Yeah. So don't forget, if you want to send uh, a donation or to uh, to donate to the show, just go to our website and click on the Patreon button, and uh, you can donate anything as long yeah. as you can afford it. If you're learning to fly or any other <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. activity that you're doing, uh, like me, you can't afford to donate anything because <laughs> learning to fly is expensive. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, click on the donate button on the. I, I think you button. do contribute to the show, though. It's all. Oh right. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you for everyone for contributing to the show. Indeed. So we're going to kick off the show then, as we do uh, each hello, week. Hello to Matt Catton, by the way. Oh, Matt Catton. Hello, Matt. Hello. He's, oh, he's, Kate, I work Kate, with is Matt Catton. Yeah. My apologies. I work with so Matt. Kate, yes. yes. Anyway, it, it is. So, so we're going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Yes, yes, I'm ready. And if you're ready, Pip. Yes, sir. Let's go. <laughs> So, kicking off this week's first news story, then uh, a bit of sad news this week, um, which came. Uh, this was uh, which date this was now? It was uh, published on September the 9th, which yeah. was actually today. today wasn't yeah, it? absolutely. And it's sad news indeed. Red Bull race pilot uh, yeah. dies in mystery helicopter crash. Mm. Uh, Austrian Red Bull race pilot Hans Arch has reportedly died in a helicopter crash in the Austrian Alps in the Grossglockner mountain area. I hope I've pronounced that right. Uh, police spokesman Ewald Dorner confirmed that the 49-year-old Arch was on board the helicopter and has died as a result of his injuries. Mm. It's still a mystery that uh, what caused the helicopter to crash and the helicopter had been registered for a night flight to Salzburg Airport. The weather conditions were good. 
but the helicopter collided with a sloping rock face shortly after takeoff at around 9 p.m. last night. Uh, Arch ran a flight uh, transport company which delivers provisions to Air, uh, Alpine huts. Uh, a passenger who was seriously injured has been taken to hospital in uh, Lens, Tyrol. Hope I've pronounced those right as well. Uh, Dorna said that it's been a large-scale mountain rescue and uh, mountain rescue specialists uh, from Heligenblut, uh, Winkelen and Lanes immediately went to the crash site, but it was so remote that it took three hours to get to. Wow. Uh, the rescue team of 41 people included three paramedics who arrived at the crash site at around 4.30 a.m. Arch won the 2008 Red Bull Air Race World Series, uh, the first European pilot to do so. Uh, he was born in Styria and lived in the, uh, in the city of Salzburg. Uh, Red Bull Race said he was one of the most exciting and ambitious pilots they have had. Very sad news indeed. There's a picture there is, yeah. uh, of, uh, of Hans Arch there on the site there. Very sad news, but, mm. uh, you know... Um, Thoughts go out to the thoughts family. Thoughts go out to the family. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, mm. it's a shame when we lose, uh, you know, fantastic pilots. It's a shame we lose any pilots, um, you know, especially Red Bull pilots because they do do some <laughs> rather good displays of uh, airmanship, but these races and that they do. Well, we'll wait and see what see we see the outcome of uh, what happened. Basically, I think. So I, I'm not able to offer anything there, but I, I do know Salzburg Airport, and it's surrounded by very high mountains. Uh, it's obviously in the middle of the Alps. Um, so I don't know how helicopters work flying around at night, but um, it's easy to imagine how none might, might uh, mm. come a cropper in those high mountains out in that terrain. Yeah. it's uh, Well, let's, let's hope uh, that we... I don't know if they, one of these things, you never know, they might just sort of hush it all up, mightn't they? But uh, mm. with a bit of luck... Uh, They'll investigate. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, so uh, moving on to the next story, uh, yep. which is especially for Matt, this one. And uh, it actually <laughs> follows on from a story we ran last week. I think um, it, was a, it was a Jet 2 story last week, but this week it's regarding our favourite uh, airline it here. Is, yes, absolutely. It is uh, Ryanair is hiring hundreds of cabin crew, uh, and here's what you need to apply. Um, it's uh, sorry, I'm, sorry, too many. I'm pre pressing too many buttons. Too many it serves buttons, me right. Yeah. yeah. So Ryanair has launched a major recruitment drive to fill hundreds of cabin crew positions in Ireland. Bored with the nine to five? Need your career to take off? Ryanair <laughs> wants you. With 315 Boeing 737s on order and some 116 million passengers predicted this year, the airline is redoubling efforts to recruit staff. In the coming weeks, recruitment days are being managed in Ireland by Crewlink and Dalmac, Ryanair's official recruitment partners in Dublin in, on, in September the 9th and 30th, Cork on the 23rd of September and the 9th of October, and Belfast on the 15th of September. No previous cabin crew experience is required, but applicants need to fulfil several basic criteria to attend, according to the recruiters. They should be experienced in dealing with the public. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> comfortable in a selling role, uh, physically fit. A selling with, role, uh, is that Panini? Yeah, I think so. Panini's, okay. Panini's and dodgy scratch cards. Okay. Uh, physically fit with a good... Oh, I'm so sorry to anyone who's working there who might be listening. Uh, Owen. <laughs> uh, physically fit with a good attendance record in their current position. Hardworking, flexible and willing to operate on a shift roster. Over 18 years of age, between 5 foot 2... Oh, now this is interesting. You've got a minimum requirement of height uh, yeah between five foot two that's 1.57 meters and six foot two uh, 1.88 meters in height with weight in proportion Ooh, can you say that nowadays 
clearly perhaps not a job for me then uh, of normal vision <laughs> contact lenses are acceptable able to swim at least 20 meters unaided right uh, hold a valid eu passport have the right to work in both the uk and ireland fluent in english both written and spoken uh, ready to deal with customers in demanding situations mainly because of a cold panini and uh, <laughs> friendly and outgoing with a fun personality uh, interested candidates can apply online with Dalmac on 01843571270 uh, or, or Crewlink on 01895 There we are. So that's another airline recruiting here in the UK because Jet2 are, recru- are doing a massive recruitment drive for uh, for staff. Mm. So now obviously with Ryanair having all these, uh, air- these aircraft on order and because mm. we ran a story last week that Ryanair were going to try and snap up some aircraft possibly that other airlines don't want. Right. Um, brand new ones. Um, well, you know, it's, it's good news really. If you want a job... Um, mm-hmm. In the airline, very, the aviation very, industry. Very confusing in the chat room today, by the way, because we Why have two Neils. We have two Neil Townsends in the chat room. Oh, do we? We do. Okay. Actually. We have the Neil Townsend that you know. Yeah. And my friend Neil in London. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Although he does spend, spell his surname slightly differently. But uh. does uh, does SafeJet uh, employ many staff here in the UK, um, Pip? Well, obviously. Yeah, uh, well, obviously uh, the best yeah, pilot in the land. Yeah, the best pilot in the yeah, land, obviously. <laughs> Well, I was kind of a special offer, get buy one, get one free. I was the freebie. But, uh, yeah, we do. About uh, We employ about 700 pilots, about a third of which are UK-based uh, pilots. Uh, most of the ground operations people are Portuguese, actually, um, because our, our operation center is in Lisbon. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of our um, sort of s- uh, sales staff and management staff are, are Brits because they're based in London. So, yeah, we've got uh, several hundred British-based uh, people, because I'm right in thinking, Pip, you you don't actually have cabin crew on your on your aircraft here that you fly. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, they come from all over. We've got um, quite a few up in Scotland for some reason, uh, but all over Europe, the cabin crew, uh, the, the European girls actually, and the boys tend to make better um, uh, employment prospects with us because they generally speak three or four or more languages, wow. which is mm. very yeah. handy. Yeah, I bet in our line of work. Um, do they make a good yeah. cup, cup of tea, though, and coffee? I suppose, well, absolutely. Yeah. I presume they look after the <laughs> pilots, do they? Well, yeah. If they make a good cup of tea, I'll be the last person to find out. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair point. Sticks to the water on board. Indeed, absolutely. Yeah, or the gin. Yes. The, no, no, no not, not when in the cabin. So. Okay, okay. No. <laughs> can, can, can I add a couple of items to this list of requirements for Ryanair? Uh, please, yeah, by all, feel yeah. free. Yes. Yeah. Can I add that you will also need a small pile of cash to pay for your own training and purchase your <laughs> own uniform. Yes, yes, that's true. A yes. couple of oh other dear. things. Oh, dear. That's and you will not be employed by Ryanair. You'll be employed by one of these third-party agencies. You'll have no employment <laughs> rights. Mm. You can be dropped at the, you know, fired at the drop of a hat. All right. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, interesting uh, comment. Just, just in, in the interest of balance. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting and, and, and that, comment that in that the chat room. Stri- that's what we strive for here on the Plain Talking UK podcast. Balance. That's what. We yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm, I'm going to have to have words with this particular chap next week. Um, oh, is it the? Is it your Ms. friend Matt suggesting yes. that Carlos would make a great hostess? Yes, Matt. Yeah. Thank you for that, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I'd, my, I would make a fantastic hostess. Yeah. Nev has fair. a great point though, because it's really what you get up to in the weekends is none of our business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, on to the next story, please. <laughs> on, to, on to the next. And story. And this one will be with you, Pip. Yeah, this is yours, Pip. Excellent. I'm so prepared and ready for this story. <laughs> he is. He's like a coiled cobra. Right. Is, is young Ready to pounce. Here we go. Okay. This is from the website, therobreport.com. Mm. And the headline is the $2.85 million 
Piper M600 executive grade turboprop aircraft enters service. And there's a nice picture of a single engine. Yeah, we just um, popped it up on the screen there. Oh, well done, you. Okay, uh, the new Piper aircraft M600 turboprop has been approved by the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration and delivers uh, deliveries sorry, are underway. The aircraft provides a roomy cabin with newly styled premium leather club seating for four, plus plenty of creature comforts for travelers, big windows, USB charging ports, cup holders, executive folding tables, and folding seats. Interior choices include vanilla or black for the seats, and a selection of elegant wood grain and glossy finishes for Ooh. the table. Is, is that like the is, is that like, is that like the modern day version of the walnut dash that you used to get in Rover seventy fives? I believe it is. Yeah, <laughs> just as classy as yeah, well. Absolutely. The the now be quiet. I'm talking now. I, I, apologies. Yeah. <laughs> the M six hundred is powered by a Pratt and Whitney PT six dash forty eight A turbine engine. The PT six a classic amongst engines uh, that produces speeds of up to three hundred and fifteen miles per hour over distances of up to seventeen hundred miles. That's reasonably impressive. Uh, the cockpit utilizes Garmin's G3000 touchscreen avionics suite with a new pilot interface design that maximizes ergonomic comfort and minimizes pilot workload. The airplane's new, the aeroplane, bloody American website, <laughs> aeroplane's new enhanced safety features include emergency descent mode, oh nice, uh, electronic stam uh, stability protection, level mode, and underspeed and overspeed protection providing an extra level of electronic oversight to prevent accidents. The aircraft sells for $2.85 million. If you want one, get your order in soon. The company has limited production. Sorry, the company has limited production to just 35 aircraft per year. So there we go. Wow. I must say, $2.85 million, even though it does look like a very nice aeroplane, mm. seems an awful lot yeah. for a single seat um, for passenger aircraft for that sort of money you could on the second hand market buy yourself quite a decent six uh, eight seat medium size private jet i don't know what the range of the hawker is you fly pip but the uh, according to their website here on uh, piper's website it's got a range of uh, 2,748 kilometers or 1,484 nautical miles Ooh. yeah so that's not too bad for a single engine. Uh, the Hawker will do about two and a half thousand miles, nautical yeah. miles. Wow, that's um, good. Yeah, which is what, on a full tank. <laughs> on a yeah, full tank of diesel. Take it into yeah. Tesco's, fill yeah. it up. Lovely, excellent. Yes, yes. Remember, mind me to give you my uh, club card. Right. So moving on to the next story. Uh, this uh, this is a story that I that I looked up this week. Actually, I've been quite interested in this story because it's a destination that I've flown to. And uh, it's regarding, it's on the CH Aviation uh, website, and it's regarding an airline called Cobalt. Ooh. And they've added uh, their maiden A319, Airbus A319. So Cobalt, uh, based in Larnaca, uh, have added a maiden A319-100 to its growing fleet. And uh, they're, they're actually a Cypriot-run uh, airline, and uh, they've kind of taken over from Cyprus Airways. Uh, Cypress Airways, as you know, uh, they kind of they uh, disappeared a few years year ago. Yes. I think it was a year yes. ago. Cypress Airways. I, I, was, I was saying to you before we started. I've got this niggle in the back of my mind that that because they were. I'm I'm sure they were predominantly government owned. And they, yeah, there was an yeah, issue. They, yeah, I think yeah. they owed a few quid here yeah, and there. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. So Cobalt uh, also operate three Airbus A320-200s wet leased from Titan Airways. 
and um, they also they fly well they all fly, fly out of the UK from Stansted uh, is their, 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 the, the actual base they fly from in the UK to Cyprus uh, they've also uh, got on lease as well one Airbus A321 which is due to be delivered um, from uh, one of the leased companies uh, very soon. Now I was looking up online uh, this week, uh, Cobalt, uh, to find out it's actually Cobalt, uh, Cobalt or Cobalt.aero, uh, their website, and uh, looking up to see how much the flights will cost to fly from the UK mm. here, uh, from Stansted, from I was London quite shocked Stansted, by this. Yeah. Uh, to Cyprus. Now just picking a random date out of the well, out of the Ether, calendar, yep. and uh, looked at uh, a Saturday. Uh, kind of close towards the summer season next year. Yeah. Um, a one-way ticket uh, was coming out at around thirty-nine ninety-nine. Wow, that's cheap. Uh, which is really cheap. Uh, I looked at some return flights uh, from Stansted back to the UK uh, for two persons, uh, obviously taking me and the wife. Oh, that's good. And, of you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the, uh, the the tickets are coming back with luggage. Obviously, you've got to add luggage on. It's one of those airlines where you have to add luggage as an extra mm. cost. And it was coming around in it around about £256 UK money um, for a return flight with Cobalt Air. So that's, that's quite cheap. What, but, uh, oh, Pip's got a new microphone. Yes. Um, have you, uh, have you heard? I was trying to show Nev. He's, he's dissing my mic All right. <laughs> in the chat room. Have you, uh, have you heard is it, of... Is it uh, definitely of... using it and you're not using the condenser one on your... On your, your no, I just checked in Skype oh, and it okay. is using the mic. Oh, anyway, okay. sorry, go on, sorry, Carl, yes. what are you saying? Yeah, have you, uh, have you heard or heard of or seen of uh, Cobalt Air, Pip, in your travels? No, never heard of them before. You no. just mentioned them They're, now. No. They actually started operations just, I think it was literally just over a month ago. They started well, there you go. operations. That's why I'm not uh, but actually, yeah, I was thinking about it. Actually, uh, uh, Connor's uh, flying away. I think I think next week or something like that. I can't I can't remember. But um, I, I, I dare say you paid a little bit more than for, forty quid. Is really cheap. Forty quid is really good for yeah. for one way ticket to Cyprus. Yeah, yeah forty quid is a good. Yeah, where, where are you? Where are you going, Connor? And uh, I'm going to be really cheeky and ask how much the flights were as well. I'm very very rude. <laughs> I'm being very rude. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, okay. So uh, we, we've we've dealt with the microphone issues, have we? We're all yeah, happy. We're yes. all happy with microphones. <laughs> okay. So moving on to the next story, yes, a special okay. one for our tech man Matt. That would be me and, then. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is a story that you picked up on earlier this week, I think, Matt. Didn't you? You found some interesting. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, yeah, absolutely. Pictures, especially online, I think. Cool. Videos. Yeah, videos. Yeah, videos. Yeah, it was, yeah. uh, yes, it, I think it's safe to say that the Samsung Galaxy Note Seven launch has been. Fraught with difficulties, if because uh, I think it was released in the states first, yeah. and within hours there were videos of um, the batteries exploding whilst being charged immediately. And the it's reason why, I'm, worrying. yeah, very very worrying. Oh, he's going to Turkey. My apologies. Okay. Yeah, uh, and and uh, uh, Saturday next week, and, and no idea of a price yet. Perhaps he's perhaps it's too much money. And he's yeah. too embarrassed to say. Anyway, Singapore Airlines bans use of Samsung Samsung Galaxy Note Seven on flights after the U.S. advisory. Uh, Washington is where this story is coming from. Singapore Airlines on Friday the 9th of September became the latest carrier to ban. So it's obviously more than what it's obviously not just Singapore Airlines then uh, became the latest carrier to ban the use of phones during flights uh, following an identical move by three Australian airlines. The powering up and charging of Samsung Galaxy Note 7 mobile phones is prohibited on all our flights, Singapore Airlines said in wow. a statement. The United States Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, said on Thursday the 8th of September 
remember that airline passengers should not turn on or charge their Samsung Electronics Galaxy Note 7 smartphones during flight or stow them in checked baggage due to concerns over phone fire-prone batteries. In a statement, the FAA said it strongly advises passengers to follow its guidance in light of recent incidents and concerns raised by Samsung about its Galaxy Note 7 devices. The South Korean manufacturer announced last week that it was recalling all Galaxy Note 7 smartphones equipped with batteries it has found to be prone to catch fire. The FAA statement does not order US airlines to take action. The International Air Transportation Association, the IATA, said airlines have conducted risk assessments and noted that other phones have been recalled for battery issues. Although Samsung is the most recent company advising of faulty devices, others have issued similar recalls and warnings regarding lithium batteries on in laptops over the last 12 months. So the industry is familiar with and equipped to manage such situations. Delta Airlines uh, Inc., uh, the number second or the second U.S. airline by passenger traffic numbers, said it is still studying the issue. Delta is in constant contact with the FAA and other bodies uh, in its run of business as a global airline. We will comply with any directive and are studying this matter. Safety and security is always Delta's top priority. Spokesman Morgan Durrant said in a statement. Now. Yeah, this is a, this is a slightly odd one, really. To be honest, I, 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 I don't think the, the the Samsung. I don't think the last one's in the six. Mm. Um, I don't think these have, these have removable batteries. No, they these don't. are no, no. in the, there, yeah. and there's nothing yeah, to do about sealed it. Sealed unit, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So if 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 something uh, if something goes wrong, um, there's not really a lot you can do about uh, it. Captain I mean, Jeff has just said in the chat room that uh, Acme have just released a bulletin. Uh, regarding the uh, Note Seven, mm, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, there's obviously ser something seriously wrong with the phone. There's no doubt about that. But um, yeah, yeah, very strange. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. The, the only thing I would say, I, I suppose, they're just covering themselves. Mm. But they have been recalled, um, so most people obviously will be sending them straight back to. to I actually Samsung know a few people it. I work with who've got these phones mm. as well. I might have to. Uh, yeah, just I'm, remind I, them. To be fair, it was all over the news <laughs> yesterday, over the last few days, Ooh, so I, it won't doubt me at all that, uh, that I dare say they're aware of the issue. But um, yeah, it's just uh, actually Philip Davis has made a very good point. He says, "How can the crew tell if passengers are using a note?" That's very true. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you've just got to rely on on customers. To to sort of, you know, be honest and, and do something about it. But uh, anyway, on to the next story. On to Pip. the next story, then. Uh, is this Pip or me? Uh, it's me. I just, just I, I just run one, so that oh, would it's be Pip. Pip. It's yes. Pip's show. It's three of us, Carlos. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, all, you, all for you, Pip, on the <clears throat> CH Aviation website, this one. Yes, and this is entitled LOT, that's the Polish airline LOT, to grow Boeing 787 fleet, increase Asia and North American flights. Hang on, let me make my screen big so I can see what I'm doing here. Okay. Lot Polish Airline is planning to operate a fleet of 70 aircraft, including 16 Boeing 787s, with an annual passenger throughput of 10 million by 2020, airline chairman Rafał Lizewski has said. Outlining Lot's recently adapted four-year business plan during the 26th Economic Forum in some place, this week, this guy <laughs> said that the strategy will see the carrier placing more focus on international expansion, hence the need for more wide-bodied aircraft. The Polish carrier is facing increased pressure on the domestic and the regional European fronts from carriers such as Ryanair, thus necessitating the need to further 
that doesn't make sense, thus necessitating the need to further abroad for newer, more commercially viable markets. Excellent. Good. Uh, <laughs> okay, e excellent so reporting. Is, yeah. they're, they're getting more 787s. So right. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it is because every time every week we run a story mm. about an airline uh, ordering more uh, over the Dreamliners or the A three fifties actually. Mm. But uh, no, this is uh, this is I, I did like this one because I do like the lots uh, livery on their uh, their aircraft air. There we go. There's a picture of uh, said aircraft air um, Sierra Papa Lima Romeo Alpha. That one, uh, one of the seven eight seven Dreamliners. That's a Dash eight. Actually, they've. Um, the lot has uh, operate six of the Dash 8s, right. um, with a 7th and 8th due to be uh, delivered from Boeing uh, later on this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, there we go. More Dreamliners. Keep going, Boeing. You've got a massive list to uh, catch up with with uh, back orders, I think. Moving on. I must say, I, I really like the 787. I know. And I'm going on one next month. That, but I think it's lovely. I shall be on one next month. I'm so excited. Oh, really? Oh, good for you. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, moving on, uh, on to the BBC News website. And, uh, well, it's, it's a story that's changed quite quickly, actually, because this one was one run we ran, I think, earlier this year. American oh, Airlines yes. yeah, yeah. are to stop the Birmingham airport flights here in the UK. So the airline has operated a daily service to New York since May last year, but will stop flights from the 6th of January. Birmingham Airport said the decision was based on passenger demand, uh, the pound decre uh, decreasing against the dollar, and a reduction in UK inbound tourists. Uh, passengers booked on American Airlines flights after January the 6th will be contacted by American Airlines to make alternative arrangements or arrange a refund, uh, the airport has said. Uh, the spokesperson added that the airport was disappointed by the decision but appreciates that transatlantic air services are particularly competitive. However, we are optimistic that another carrier will fill the gap shortly. There remains a strong demand uh, for both uh, the Midlands and North American market wanting to access these important regions and cities. The airport said passengers could still travel non-stop to New York, uh, Newark with United Airlines and there, are, there continue to be regular connections to North America with several other carriers. A spokesman for American Airlines says that as the world's largest airline, American constantly evaluates their network to ensure that they're ma maximizing uh, the fleet and profitability while matching customer demand. Many factors influence network planning decisions. Route performance is monitored over time to ensure that American Airlines is better positioning itself for long-term success against global competition. Mm. The airline said it remained committed to serving the UK market and would continue offering flights to the US from four other UK airports. It's a warm welcome from Jenny in Rome, by the way. Oh, yeah. greetings to Jenny in Rome. Hope, and and uh, Barbara well. has just joined us in the chat And Barbara, room. Yes, greetings, Barbara. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, uh, Connor's had, had uh, quite a good point, I think, actually. What's he said, that? Well, it's like, I, I, I kind of agree with it, and I'm sure everybody in the chat room is going to absolutely have a go at me for this, though, but it's like, really, of all places, like, to go from Birmingham to, to the States, I mean, surely that's one of the few occasions where you would just sort of come to London and then fly yeah. out, Do you know? I mean, yeah, so, but there must have been uh, a demand in pla you know, in, there must some have been time interest, yeah, for uh, for them to uh, to have the flights running yeah. from there. But um, it's a shame that you've bond you. I mean, how far is Birmingham from London? It's not it's about that much of a hours. trek, is it? It's about four hours, hours, yeah, it? Okay. it's about the same, is it? So it's quite a lot, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's well, <laughs> fly. Well, well why, why don't they do a bit like they do at um, 
uh, like like Norwich, why don't they do connecting flights? So yeah. go from Birmingham to, to either Heathrow or somewhere and, the, and then on. Um, but, um, yeah. Oh, Tony S has put, I wish I was in Rome right now. Yeah. Really? Well, it's probably dark. Mm. It's probably fair. his dark. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it should be like being outside at home. <laughs> so the next story is yes. for you, Matt. Is it? Yes, okay. The next story is uh, on the uh, Mass Live. What on earth is this site? This is slightly terrifying. The MassLive.com. I don't know what What have you found. Uh, oh, no. State police arrest man who disrupted British airline flight. Oh, it's one of these, is it? Uh, the, the stories come from Boston, and it says a British airline flight, uh, airline's flight uh, had to be diverted to Logan International Airport in Boston. On Thursday, after a passenger became so unruly that the crew had him removed from the flight. Flight 2039 landed at Logan at approximately 4:15 p.m. After which, the passenger, who was who was from Glasgow, Scotland, was removed from the plane by Customs and Border Protection, as well as troopers of the Massachusetts State Police. The man, 24, was placed in the custody of Customs and Border Protection. He will be summoned by the Massachusetts State Police for his interference with the flight crew. That sounds terrible. Terribly inappropriate. <laughs> yes, I, this is actually a story that uh, Jenny Parkinson sent to us. Mm. Um, actually, Jenny sent the uh, the one that was in the Telegraph. Um, yes. But yeah, we had the story lined up, so we thought we'd run it. But yeah. uh, we haven't had an unruly passenger story for a well, few for at weeks. least two weeks. For yeah, at least absolutely. two weeks. Everybody's been behaving themselves for like two weeks. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask a really, really strange question as we have the legend that is Pip here. Um, have you ever had a problem with a, with an unruly passenger on a flight? No, I haven't actually. In all honesty, um, I mean, like, I guess, I, I guess, I think the Pip's, client Pip's clientele yeah. is a bit more, um, a bit more classy. Yeah, well, than, yeah. I mean, I've certainly had passengers you've had to manage, right, before, but none that have interfered with me, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, no, none have become aggressive or, or violent. Um, no, not really. And I hope to keep it that way. Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it must be a, 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 a how, how, if if there is a, a, a problem uh, on board like, like this, where this flight is. I mean, not, I mean, how involved are, are are the actual pilots and things in in uh, how quickly are you made aware of a, a problem? Is it the the cabin crew's responsibility to inform you almost immediately, or 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 do you, they try and deal with it themselves and only bother you when it becomes untenable, essentially? Well, I, yes, primarily it will be the cabin crew dealing with it. The, the pilots mm. will ideally remain locked behind the, the cockpit door, so they yep. shouldn't get involved, you know, wrestling people to the ground, stuff like that. They're no, not no, going to no. get involved Certainly at all. Not but obviously you'll you want to let them know, if it's really getting out of hand, you'll want mm. to let them know ASAP so they can, you know, divert or, or take some appropriate action. Mm. So the next story is all for you, Pip. And it's uh, it's kind of a safety-related story, and it's one that's it been in the news for a few weeks now. Um, but yeah, it's all up for you, Pip. Which, just remind me which one it is. It is the on Wall the Wall Street Journal Ooh, side. How, this how, one. how very continental! Did you send that one to me? Because I don't see it in the list. Ah, ah, okay. <laughs> Next story on my list is take a look at the new interior on yes. the American okay. Airlines. He's oh, missed, right, he's missed, no, he's missing that. Well, one. I'll tell you what. I'll cover that one. Then. You cover that. Yeah. One, okay. Yeah. There we go. Okay, so this is on the Wall Make Street. Make it up. Yeah, well, you, yeah, absolutely. Well, Pip, Pip can actually probably comment on this story. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So it's the Wall Street Journal is the... Uh, pay attention, everyone. Uh, the, the Wall Street Journal is the newspaper, and the headline is Emirates Airline Preliminary Crash Report Suggests Engine Power Added Too Late. Pilots appear to have made errors in trying to abort their landing in Dubai. Uh, pilots of the Emirates... Emirates Airline Jet, sorry, Airline Jetliner, that's terrible. Pilots of the Emirates Airline Jetliner 
that crashed last month appear to have made errors in trying to abort their landing, the preliminary accident report released on Tuesday suggests. The pilots of Flight 521 seem to have added engine power too late in their attempt to climb after touching down uh, too far from the runway, according to the report. While the report didn't explicitly blame the pilots, accident investigators didn't highlight any technical problems with the Boeing 777 plane. Uh, the airliner was destroyed in the ensuing fire at Dubai Airport, killing one firefighter. All 300 passengers and crew on board escaped the plane that became engulfed in flames. One suffered serious injuries, others more minor ones. Um, the plane touched down uh, far along the runway, triggering an automatic alert to the crew of a long landing. Uh, Flight 521 became airborne again six seconds after the landing gear first touched down, and the pilots uh, retracted the flaps and the landing gear. The aircraft brief briefly climbed before beginning to descend again, according to the 28-page report published by the United Arab, Arab Emirates Civil uh, General Civil Aviation Authority. Only then did the pilots adjust the engine's power setting, investigators said. Three seconds before impact uh, with the runway, both thrust levers were moved from the idle position to full forward, according to the investigation. The engines uh, started to respond about two seconds later, but not in time to avoid the plane impacting the runway a second later. The plane's landing gear was still retracting. Uh, this was followed by the impact of the engines on the runway. The report said one of the engines detached sparking flames. Uh, the firefighter was killed about nine minutes after the, the plane came to a standstill when the plane's uh, centre fuel tank exploded, according to the report. An Emirates spokesman said that the airline will continue to extend its full cooperation and as investigators work towards the final report. Emirates is also conducting its own rigorous internal investigation to proactively review what we know about the incident and consider measures that may enhance our operations or procedures, the spokesperson said. Uh, you get the gist, essentially. Um, what your I mean, this this story's been in the news now for a few weeks, Pip, since it obviously happened, uh, and there's been various reports and bits and pieces. Have you any kind of jewels of uh, thought to add to uh, to what you know what what happened on this flight? Well, nothing that hasn't already been been said. I mean, I'm kind of dumbfounded almost that um, you know experienced pilots like this could. could get so far behind the aircraft or let the automation um, guide them so much that they're unable to recognize sooner what was going on. Now, I know over on APG they've talked about this in some detail, the technicalities of, of how the 777 works, and, and I gather they probably didn't push the appropriate button or they didn't push it at enough times, but still, I, I can't believe that two guys would sit there and not realize the engines weren't spooling up and um, you know, what was the, the rush to raise the gear? I didn't quite get that bit either. Mm -hmm. uh, it, so it sounds like they did eventually realize that this thing wasn't doing what it was meant mm -hmm. to do. So they did what they should have done five seconds before and shoved the, the throttles all the way to the firewall. But by that point, it was too late because they'd been in a, a great damn rush and, and raised the landing gear already. Now, had mm -hmm. they just left it a few seconds and, and um, let the gear be where it was, you know, in the down and lock position, then all that would have resulted is possibly a, a bit of a thump on the mm. runway, maybe a, a you know a hard landing, but nothing mm. more than that. Certainly not a a dead firefighter. No. So the Hawker you fly, Pip, uh, a T takeoff go around procedures with that. Have you, uh, is it switch uh, switches on the uh, throttle quadrant, or is it a, a kind of a there, no? There's a switch on the yoke, but all it does is it's not connected to the throttle at all. When you push it on the Hawker, 
it's um, it just moves the flight director into the appropriate go-around uh, attitude. So it'll command a 12 degrees nose-up pitch, which is the ideal sort of pitch angle for a single-engine go-around. Um, you've got to manually use this tool here, the hand, and put the, the throttles all the way forwards. Uh, so our call is go-around flaps 15. Uh, off you go. You wait for a few seconds. You confirm a positive rate. Uh, you know, A, by looking out the window, uh, by confirming it on two altimeters, and then raise the gear. I mean, there's no rush to get the gear up. Um, uh, and and off you go. Uh, so it's quite, it should be quite straightforward and something we practice in the sim all the time. Having said that, however, uh, it does seem that a, a normal two-engine go-around is perversely trickier to do than a single-engine go-around, which is what we generally practice in the sim. Mm. Um, you know, with a, a single-engine go-around, the performance is nowhere near as much as two engines. You've got plenty of time to, uh, you know, do all the things you need to do. With with two engines, everything happens very quickly because the aircraft's going so much uh, faster and, mm. and there's so much more performance. Uh, and we don't really practice that quite so much. Um, but still, in this case, that shouldn't have made any difference. Uh, it just seems they were in a, a big damn rush to, to get everything cleaned up and uh, and they just forgot the basics. Yeah. Very there we strange. go. Watch this space. Yeah. The, if more info and stuff on that, mm. uh, the Aviation Herald, Simon's uh, great website, is a great place for information on uh, you know what's going on with the investigation mm. on that. It's updated regularly. Yep. Um, and I, I'm always on there. I've got the app on my phone and everything. Have you? Yes. <laughs> so next story, moving on, is yep. on the Dallas Morning News site. And it's a picture story when I've, when, uh, when I, okay. uh, Matt's, uh, um, when I've done the story. Oh, Matt, I I've bung the pictures oh, right, on okay. for you. Uh, the headlines take a look at the new interior on American Airlines' refreshed Boeing 757. And uh, the story then, American Airlines is giving its fleet of aging Boeing 757s an extensive cabin makeover, with the first one set to take to the skies very soon. The first retrofitted 757 recently rolled off the production line uh, at American's Tulsa Maintenance Base, where it spent 10 weeks getting an expensive, or an expensive, I should say, interior makeover. Uh, gone is the cabin that hadn't uh, seen much change in 20 years. In its place are new business class seats, new leather seat covers in coach, as well as new carpets, curtains, trims, and finishes. The new business class offerings include lie-flat seats from BE Aerospace arranged in a 2x2 configuration with a total of 16 seats in the cabin. In coach, it's a 3x3 configuration with a total of 160 seats. And uh, I was going to call oh, yeah. picture pictures on in a second. Uh, the story goes on. Another 23 aircraft well, will get the retrofit treatment over the next year. American has a total of 64 active 757s in their fleet, uh, which have an average age of 19 years. The refreshed planes will be put into service uh, on shorter transcontinental flights to Europe and Latin America, according mm. to American. The Fort Worth-based company is also updating dozens of planes in its fleet of Boeing 777s. Uh, uh, together, the retrofits are part of a $3 billion investment the company is making, including upgraded lounges at airports and improved wireless and entertainment options on board the aircraft. Mm. Now, if we uh, go to, yep. uh, to the first picture here, which is, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, the live show, you'll be able to see uh, the photo there of uh, the... Uh, the economy or coach cabin uh, there we go 
uh, picture very there. Nice. Lovely leather seats. Yeah, very nice. Very nice headrest there. I, I, I can see, I can see uh, Ryanair having a similar sort of configuration in about 20 years' time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if we go down there to, there we go, there's the uh, business class oh, yes, seats. Now, the, now, now we're talking, the business class looks amazing. Yeah, they, yeah. they look all right. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, not do. the best business class I've seen, but there we no, go. They look good. Uh, if we go down, there we go. Let's have a look at the light. There we go. The live flat seat there. If you can look, looks Matt, quite they, narrow. That's what yeah. you can. That's look a bit narrow. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't gonna fit in there. Let's it, be honest. In yeah. the in the centre, there's a dividing there. The centre, which you can put up and down. I think it's right. the same as Emirates okay. Business Class. There we go. There we go. There's another picture of the business class. Nice. How the other? Nice. How the other? Look at the, yeah. all the room you can get out of the seat. Know, you haven't absolutely. actually got to uh, to interfere with anyone. And we've got some lovely little photos there of uh, there's a charging port there for, Good, um, for USB ports in, and stuff. Yes, plug in. Excellent. Yes, I think you get the gist. You it, get the gist. It's, there it's we very go. smart. Oh, it's electric seats as okay, well right. in business class. I, I, I thought oh, I like they that. all were. Oh, in business okay. class. Most airlines in business yeah. class have electric, uh, electrically, electrically operated seats. Indeed. That's very, cool. yeah, very, very nice. nice. Absolutely. Yes, so, so moving on to yeah. the uh, next story. Yes. Oh, it's a bit similar, this one. This one is a bit similar, is it? Uh, oh, I see. Okay. I think this is probably something to do. Um, well, anyway, uh, the Telegraph is the headline and uh, no, the Telegraph is the newspaper and the headline is British Airways offers free upgrades to first class. Hello. Uh, how does one do that? British Airways has lined up another indulgence for its business class passengers until December the 11th. All customers who book a club world, that's business class seat, will be able to upgrade to first one way for free. Always enthusiastically received, the promotion operates on much the same principle as uh, in seasons past. UK customers who purchase one of a broad range of semi-flexible or fully flexible Club World return tickets can upgrade the outbound or return part of their trip to first class. The upgrade is also available on American Airlines operated flights on eligible routes to the US if booked with a British Airways code share flight number. Uh, for BA customers who re routinely fly business class, the offer this year Damn. provides... <laughs> An enticing opportunity to sample the airline's latest and most exclusive first-class cabin. Uh, launched in late 2015, the airline's Boeing 787-9 Dreamliners uh, premium cabins accommodate uh, just... I feel obliged to put on a very posh English accent, well, as you probably on. noticed. Uh, accommodate such uh, just eight suites. Uh, typically, BA's first-class cabins accommodate between 12 and 14 passengers. Uh, for now, BA's most exclusive flights remain it's London City to New York JFK, all yeah. business class flight, which accommodates just 32 passengers. Um, those, you see, I really should do, um, I, I should do their announcements on, on the plane. On, yes, Smith. sorry, my apologies. Uh, those uh, en ensconced, oh wow, that, that is a very British word, isn't it? Those ensconced in this section of the new business Dreamliner will sit in private compartments buffered by high walls and can expect to dine on dishes such as poached lobster with lemon Thai shallots and um, something like even I don't understand is it salsify puree is that, is that something out of Salford Key? No, I don't know. Is that? <laughs> uh, followed by seared North Atlantic cod fillet with pistachio and cauliflower couscous. Um, <laughs> uh, the champagne served on board is uh, some fancy name I can't Laurent I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to begin to try and uh, I'm not even going to bother. Uh, <laughs> the cabin's in-flight entertainment features include a 23-inch fixed screen, a smart jog dial to adjust the seat's recline, a headrest and lumbar inflate as, as, uh, and a global lighting control to set the ambient and reading lights. Wow. 
done, you've done a fantastic job there. Yes, well done, sorry, Matt. Yes. Well done, Needless Matt. to say, it's very posh. And if, if you are in Club World, then you can uh, upgrade for free to go um, BA First Class. I'd love, I'd love to do BA First Class. Put the you, picture on there. All right, okay, for those of you on, in yeah. the YouTube world there. Look at that. That, that. They are rather nice yep. business class seats. Yes, if you, if you are looking, if you are, if you are listening to the story uh, in podcast form, then take yourself to telegraph.co.uk and search for British Airways mm. offers free upgrades to first class. That is, uh, that is a very nice looking place. And for anyone from British Airways who is listening to the show... Here we go. Here uh, comes the shameless plug. Carlos <laughs> here will be flying with you yeah, but you're uh, fly- in October. Yeah, but you're not flying business class. On a 787-9 you're Dreamliner. Cattle class. To the, to the country of Oman, yeah, and right. uh, it would be lovely to just ha- have a look in there and see what those seats are like to sit on. <laughs> Shameless plug, I know, but there we go, that's me. So the next story, moving on. Shameless, yes. Is, uh, is uh, well, it's all for Pip. Super duper. This is a story all about something. Okay, good. Okay, and as I was going to break into the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air rap, then were you? Okay, and then what? Then panicked. (laughs) This is a story all about Malaysia Airlines Mm. in talks to offload A380s. Oh no! And this is from the BangkokPost.com. Malaysia Airlines is in talks with carriers in China and Southeast Asia about offloading its six Airbus A380 jets because. The giant double-deckers are no longer needed, Chief Executive Officer Peter Bellew said. The company is also negotiating with Airbus to add 90 more seats to each of the super jumbos to make them more marketable while retaining the ability to operate the aircraft into a two or three class configuration, Mr. Bellow, who took over on 1st of July, said in an interview. If direct buyers are not found, Malaysia is prepared to offer the planes for lease with access to its A380 simulator or complete with pilots and cabin crew, he said. There were a number of airlines in the region keen to dip their toe into the water. Uh, Malaysia Air no longer wants the A380s as it's focusing more on Asian routes and prepares to take delivery of six smaller Airbus A350s, which will replace the super jumbos on routes such as Kuala Lumpur to London. Mr. Bellow said the carrier is looking at beefing up its fleet with three or four used Airbus A330s with engines from Pratt & Whitney, like the 18 already in operation. Uh, Airbus's A321 model, which former CEO Christopher Moulas said the carrier might buy, is now less likely to join the fleet. Malaysia placed an order for 25737 in July for delivery in 2019 and has options including the MAX 9 model that could perform most longer flights. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, we I mean, ran it. We ran this story. Uh, we ran a story. This kind of story a few uh, few yeah. months back when Malaysia were were on about possibly getting rid of mm. um, you know their 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 three eighties. It seems like, the seems tr- like they're going to do it. The trouble is, is if they're not filling the aircraft, mm. then then it's not a very efficient way of of moving, you know, of sort of carrying out your tasks. Is it essentially? I mean that that is uh, so. I, I guess something that. You know, but, but is it going to be yeah, the, the cost involved in in sort of changing the aircraft to something smaller? I mean, that that surely there's you know mass expenses involved there. I don't know what you. Well, you according, think, according, yeah. according to the uh, their website, they've got six 380s uh, in their current mm. fleet at the moment. I mean, I'm sure um, they'll be able to sell them on okay. It's mm. just um, 
you know, just... Well, the prospect of buying a second-hand A380 is very interesting. There might be some smaller operators out there. Right. You know, if they can snap these up for a bargain, that could be a, a very interesting secondary market. Yeah. Because I don't think that's, that's not a market that's open yet. There isn't, there isn't kind of a, a second-hand A380 market, although... Well, they're quite well, exactly we, right. We did run the story of, uh, a few weeks back, I think it was. We, we ran a story of, of Emirates who were looking at possibly over the next few years. They're going to start retiring some of mm. their older A380s yeah. um, and sort of getting the new, the new ones, which they've got, they've got on order. So mm. it'll be interesting to see where those retired or, you know, those uh, a second-hand A380s from Emirates will go, because they do have the biggest fleet in the uh, in the world. So mm. Yeah, definitely. So that's where we're going to bring the commercial news segment to a close this week. And uh, we have got uh, something very special coming up next. We, we have, yes. Uh, as you know, we were live from uh, Seeding Air Show yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, this time last week or Sunday. last Sunday. Last yeah. Sunday. So episode 128 was live from the Seeding Air Show. And we've just got a couple of interviews that we're going to um, play out for you uh, that we took from there. So we've got uh, Paul, one of our little. Li um, Listeners who, who happen to be at the air show, he popped in very briefly. Yeah, Paul Tricker. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, of course, we do also have uh, a lovely interview. I can't remember his surname, but a lovely chap by the name Henry. of Henry. Henry, yeah, yeah he was a right character. Brilliant. Indeed. So we're going to play that for you right now. How, how are you, Paul? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Good, good. Welcome into the, the mobile yes, studio, it's nice in here, Paul. Yeah, yeah. It's away from the wind, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we are brought here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So uh, what are you hoping to see here flying today, Paul? Um, and to be honest, anything that actually can get up because it's well, a yeah. bit windy at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, it would be lovely to see the Hurricane. Um, that's... Don't see too many of them about these. No, you don't. Um, the uh, the Mustangs are going to be up on the course. Going to be good. Um, have you heard anything about the, the Nimrod at all? Because I, I believe that's... Well, I think they had, they, had be they had a cancellation, I think. It might be one of those yeah, that cancelled. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the chat room's full. Yeah, yeah. got a nice few people in the chat yes. room. Yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, hello, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you can probably you can see, you can see there. Right. There we go. It just says on Seething Air Day, look, it says, can't make the show, question mark, at Plain Talking UK. Oh, he's even found our Twitter handle. Very good. Oh, no, it's on the cards, isn't it? Yes, on the cards. Yeah, card. sorry. Right, okay. Uh, as, uh, at Plain Talking UK are streaming live from the show. Check yeah. it out here. And they've even put the YouTube link on, so that's very exciting. That's good. I like that. So I'm yeah. back from the uh, from the pilot's tent. I've managed to grab uh, a, a pilot who uh, flies a very, very uh, iconic aircraft, actually. It's one of the ones that uh, a lot of our listeners across the pond will have probably have heard of. Uh, so welcome onto the show, Henry. Uh, thank you so much. So, Henry, what, uh, what's, what's the aircraft that you've, uh, you've flown in here to the air show Well, today? this is an Australian Tiger Moth um, that I've had for rather a long time. In fact, um, far too long. It's... Um, it's just a standard cooking tiger moth, really. Uh, I bought it when I was 19. 19? Yeah. Wow. And I'm over 19 now. <laughs> 47 years, uh, 45 years ago it was. Wow. Yeah. I'd had a job um, flying a Catalina up um, in Darwin, and I made enough money to... Um, uh, I had a few bob over, and I, it was very, very cheap. Mark, you, I was had, um, slightly. All you folk in Australia listening, uh, no offence or anything, but it was a bit of a leg up. <laughs> so, so tell us a bit about the, the, about the aircraft you fly the Tiger. Well, it's, um, it's a World War II trainer. Um, it's a very good trainer because it does absolutely nothing well. It, um, it's horrible to taxi, it's drafty to fly, it's cold, it um, doesn't really roll properly, and 
it, uh, it's longitudinally unstable. And it I must say, you're really selling it to me. As, 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 it as, hasn't as got I much <laughs> power, but, but, but it's a very good trainer. Right. And it um, is extraordinary, because it's so, such a bad aeroplane, it's such a good trainer, basically. Sorry, what's going so on? It's all right, we'll just turn that round there, just so it face. There we go. So right. face yep. Yep. Excellent. Um, as, as was the Mars Magister, it was a horrible thing to fly, but um, uh, it's uh, a brilliant trainer. Oh, wonderful. So, um, so, what, what else can I tell you about it? I've flown it around New Zealand, I've flown it around Australia, and I've um, flown it all over Europe, and I've flown it uh, um, sort of, yeah, I've had it for, as I said, a very long time. Wow, so is, uh, you're obviously based in the UK here. Yeah, I am, yes. here in the UK. Yeah, yeah, I'm an aircraft engineer. Oh, you are? And I, I fly aeroplanes for people, and I fly to Havilland Dragon, and... Um, um, what else do I fly? Um, sort of just about anything, really. Wow. Anything put in front of me, I'll have a go. <laughs> so, so where did your uh, where did your aviation uh, career sort of when did it start for you? What, what age did you learn to fly? Well, my brother used to take me in a Tiger Moth um, when I was eight, and um, I sort of never haven't really progressed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need to. <laughs> Bit sad, really. Um, I worked for Crocs brand companies in England. I worked for Crocs brand companies in Australia, in Western Australia, Perth, Jandicott. Um, worked for a company called Agricultural and General Aviation as a loader driver. Wonderful guys, wonderful people. And I worked for another company called Air Mist in uh, South Australia, and another company called Benders in Tasmania, and um, so it went on. We've had a question, uh, Henry, in the chat room here from uh, our main man, uh, Micah, who's in Portland, Maine. Yeah. Uh, he's asked, uh, how did you get the aircraft from down under to the UK? I shipped it. Ah, oh, right. I shipped it long, long time ago. But I have actually flown through Portland, Maine in a dragonfly. Oh, okay. I, I took a de Havilland dragonfly through Portland, Maine with my friend Torquil Norman in 1999 on the way to Oshkosh. Oshkosh. Uh, yes. Oshkosh. Wow. Uh, and yeah. we, we stopped at Portland, Maine uh, to have a lobster bake. Uh, quite right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, there seems to be a common theme, isn't it, with, with pilots, uh, the, the, the need for food. That seems to be a common... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh dear. So what, uh, apart from the Tiger Moth, what other aircraft then in your, in your history of flying have you had the chance to, to fly in or pilot? Um, well, about 300 types. Really? Wow. wow. <laughs> ah, no way! Um, I was very lucky back in the 70s. I worked on movies like Bridge Too Far, Hanover Street, Mitchell's on Han Hanover Street. And then we did a film with David Niven called um, A Man Called Intrepid, I think it was called, with the mosquito. And um, I flew the British Aerospace mosquito for four and a half hours with Peter Henley. And that was one of the highlights of my life. I bet. And I flew a hawk from, uh, in a hawk from uh, Valley and landed up filling up my glove. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. As one does. Yeah, indeed, absolutely. When, when you've got to go. <laughs> when you've got to go, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So if we, if we, we won't hold you up any longer, obviously, but if, if we always ask this question, anyone who's ever flown yeah, an aeroplane, pilots, yeah. everyone that we've asked, if you could fly any aircraft, whether it be uh, retired. historical, retired, or is any aircraft that's ever flown or is currently flying, given what would you most love, if given the chance, to sit behind the controls of? 
What, Finance Unlimited? Absolutely, yep. yeah. Absolutely. Anything, anything, anything ever. In the yeah. world, yeah. If you oh. just had to go and do your typewriting... And I'd have to have tomorrow. three. Yeah, OK, go all right, go yep. far away. Yep. I'd have a Bucker Jungmeister. Yeah. Um, I'd have a Mosquito. Yeah. And an SR-71. Oh, oh Blackbird. Wow. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. there's one of those Very at Duxford. Iconic. Very good. Yeah. Uh, just before we close, Henry, we've got a question again from Micah over in uh, Portland, Maine. He, uh, he's asked, uh, he said you were, you were flying, obviously, a Catalina, the PBY, uh, in Australia. What, what were you doing there at the time, he's asked? Uh, it was furnishing a <laughs> copper mine in West Irian, and it was the only means of getting there at that time. It belonged to a company called Freeport Indonesia. Oh, wow. And um, it was the only means of getting people there. We had two boats. It was a Canso. It had the Cyclones instead of the Pratt and it had two boats, one under each wing, and um, it, it used to struggle off the ground in the heat, I can tell you, off the water, yeah. it really I did barely, struggle. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if you didn't get the floats up, it wouldn't go. So, um, wow. wow. Well, what an experience. Yeah. Well, Henry, thanks for coming on the show today and joining no us and telling us a bit about your, uh, no your life. It's been fantastic to, uh, to meet you. No worries. And, uh, yeah, all mm. the best for your, uh, for your flying career and future in that. Well, I think that's pretty much <laughs> in, its, in its autumn. <laughs> okay, take care, Henry. Cheers, mate. Goodbye. Thanks, cheers. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Do you know what? We had such an awesome day at the Seething Air Show. We, we did. Um, yep. For those of you, if any of you guys from Seething are watching the show, we, a massive thank you to you uh, for letting us uh, to, to come to the show and uh, obviously, you know, oh, supplying us with all the, yeah. well, some cakes and we had... Uh, oh, yeah, we were sport We were sport rotten, rotten, yeah. yeah it, was, it was a really, really good time we had there. And, um, yeah, it, it might have took a few minutes to set the satellite uh, it system did take, up. It took most of the, <laughs> after, most of the morning. But and I did, uh, uh, I did nearly lose the will to live when I was um, setting the gazebo. The gazebo yes. yeah. um, but that was due to the wind. <laughs> yeah, um, Al wasn't there, by the way, but it, no, uh, it was due to yeah. the wind. Uh, but, no, that was, uh, yeah, it was really good. We, we have got some more interviews we took at yep. Seething lined up, which are going to play out in... A, in uh, sort of like future episodes yeah. uh, which we took which are really really good as well indeed so uh, it's time to move on then straight to the military uh, I'll just make sure Pip hasn't nodded off you still there Pip? I'm still here Excellent. yay well done you uh, it's uh, right so we're, if we're ready then ladies and gents uh, <laughs> oh hang on there we go <laughs> we have to put that on there that's Look at that, lovely that. yes there he where is Captain Jeff where did you find that Superman Captain <laughs> Jeff 
He is a, super, was a Superman. A Pip Photoshop special. Was oh, it? Right. No. Yeah. Do you know, it's perfectly seamless. It's almost like it was actually real. You couldn't tell, could you? No, you couldn't. It was brilliant. Uh, anyway. So we've got a couple of uh, <laughs> couple of military stories yeah, to bring you. Just the two this week. And, yep. uh, so, are you ready? Uh, is everyone ready to kick off with uh, a couple of military stories, Pip? Uh, yes. Good. <laughs> Matt? <laughs> yeah, always. Oh, let's go. <laughs> So, just a couple of stories for the military news I've just sort of picked from the uh, news feeds. And the first one's Flight Global, and uh, it's a picture story. Uh, Spain's first A400M gets airborne. So, Airbus uh, Defence and Space has performed the first flight of an A400M tactical transport for the Spanish Air Force, with the service on course to accept the aircraft later this year. Conducted from the company's Seville final assembly site in Spain on the 5th of September, MSN 44's debut sortie lasted 3 hours and 45 minutes. Uh, Airbus, which had previously expected uh, the Spanish aircraft to take uh, to the air in mid-July, says the nation's first Atlas, Atlas uh, is scheduled to be delivered in the coming weeks. Uh, Madrid's commitment to the A400M totals 27 aircraft. Wow. Uh, it has agreed to receive the first 14 examples before making a decision on the remainder of the order after 2024. Spain will follow France, Germany, Malaysia, Turkey and the UK in introducing the European airlifter to operational use. Flight uh, fleets analyze rec uh, records uh, of these, co these countries having a combined total of 28 A400Ms that are in current service. Belgium, Luxembourg will also field a type with Airbus looking to add further international customers. And this is an aircraft that uh, me and Pip know very well because we we had the opportunity to sit on the flight deck of, uh, of the A400M mm. at Riyadh last year, didn't we Pip? We did indeed. It was very nice. It was very nice. And uh, <laughs> this is also one of those aircraft that uh, Micah uh, was very impressed with at Farnborough this year. Uh, actually, Micah's just put in the chat room that I took some great shots of the A400M. That's very kind of you, uh, Micah. Mm, that can't be possible. I know. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. No, but the A400M did put on one heck of a display. It did, so yeah. We did, uh, along, with, well, along with the A380. That I yeah, the A380 really as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So the next story, uh, also a picture story when Matt's, uh, when Matt's ready, yes, it's, okay. uh, it's quite, quite a large aircraft, this one, Matt. It is indeed, yes. So this is uh, on the popularmechanics.com website, and the headline is China is bringing back, let's pop that picture up while I'm doing it, China is bringing back the world's largest plane. China and Ukraine have agreed to resume production of the, and, uh, now this is the, is it the Antonov 225? It, it just is, says yeah, AN225. Yeah. Antonov 225. Myra. Me, me, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Myra Strategic Airlifter. The gigantic uh, transport jet is the largest in the world and could give China's military an unparalleled, abil uh, unparalleled ability to move heavy mi military equipment right, everywhere. Man. No, I'm fine. I'm just having a moment. <laughs> anywhere in the world on short yeah. notice. As China grows as a military power, its requirements for strategic transport are increasing. The country's sheer vastness, coupled with the fact that it shares borders with countries from Afghanistan to Vietnam, makes the ability to move heavy military items from one end of the country to the other uh, in a matter of hours an attractive 
attractive proposition. Uh, China ha also has sizable military forces abroad performing peacekeeping missions abroad and is becoming increasingly aggressive in its demands for disruptive, for dis disputed territories in the South China and uh, East China Seas that it has traditionally considered part of China. Rather than the reinventing of the wheel, Beijing apparently has decided to fund the restart of an existing heavy transport production line and it's no ordinary heavy transport. The colossal AN-225 Myria, uh, NATO codename Cossack, uh, was built uh, to haul the Soviet Union's copy of the space shuttle Buran. Uh, Myria could ferry the aircraft and rocket engines from factory to launch pad and collect the Buran from whatever point in the Soviet Union it landed. That's quite cool. The hulking transport is 275 feet long with a wingspan of 290 feet. It stands 59 feet tall and high as a, as high as a six foot sorry a six story building. The plane has a cargo hold 14 feet tall, 19.6 feet wide, and an amazing 142 feet long. It can carry 272. Wow, 272.5 tons of cargo. That's nearly four 70-ton um, Abram tanks at once. The USSR built a single AN-225, and a second is estimated to be 60 to 70 percent completed. According to Jane's, whoever that is, the joint China-Ukrainian project will complete the second aircraft by 2019, and then presumably build an unknown number of brand new airplanes. So the the uh, the Antonov 225. And it has a wingspan of 290 feet. Wow, that's huge. Uh, it's uh, 270 feet, 7 inches long. Mm. And um, it has a crew of 6 and has a maximum takeoff weight of 640,000 kilos. Uh, and the, I mean, these are monstrous. These this are monstrous. monstrous beasts. I was looking up, yeah. actually, while you were doing that story, Matt, uh, about some info on the 225 because I thought this was the biggest uh, you know aircraft mm. like this but there was actually an aircraft um, that had a, had a bigger wingspan right than the uh, 225 and it's actually the H4 Hercules okay uh, this was uh, a kind of flying boat um, a heavy transport flying boat that was uh, originated in the US uh, built by Hughes Aircraft uh, first flew in November 1947. Uh, only one was built, mm. and uh, it has a name which uh, most people would probably recognise. It's quite a famous aircraft. It's called the Spruce Goose. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it only ever flew once, though, according to uh, mm. to the information I've got here. Only ever flew once. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that. It, yeah. it, it had a wingspan of uh, 320 feet. Mm. Mr. Tricker uh, actually beat you, beat you to the, uh, the mark there. With oh, did the he? Bruce Goose, yeah, absolutely, in the chat room. Oh, well done. Yeah. Well done, Paul. <laughs> so, yeah. so Amazing. It, is it, obviously, Pip, you fly all around Europe and you go into some of the, uh, you know, the larger airports in Europe with SafeJet. Is this an aircraft that you've ever personally seen on the, uh, on the, you know, on the actual... Grand no, I, no, I've not seen uh, this particular one. I've seen some of the other Antonovs, and they're all flipping enormous. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. seen some of the other ones knocking around, but not this one. I'd love to see it. I mean, yeah, I bet it's just colossal, isn't it? And there, uh, you got the picture up on the screen now. It's an absolute monster. Yeah, I mean, so many wheels. That's you know, the yeah. landing gear. I mean, it's just it's just a rack of wheels, isn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. I, I, I would have to see them next to each other, but I think it's bigger than the Hawker. 
Really? Yes, I suppose it. Yeah, you could, I, I think it probably is just mm. a touch bigger. I was going to say you, you could probably uh, drive the uh, hawker into the back of that pit. For, I think for a kind you, you of, could for fly a it in fly and turn in. around. And <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so yes. yeah. So that is uh, the the two military stories we have for the show. We've got uh, a few bits of uh, air, air show news as yep. we are coming into the beginning of September. Uh, at the moment, obviously, the, the year is whisking by so quick here, it's unreal. So this weekend, uh, the 10th and the 11th then, so kicking off uh, today, this runs through till Sunday, uh, is the Southport Air Show in Lancashire, and uh, they've got an extensive uh, list of aircraft taking uh, part in it, that's based on the beach there at Southport. Uh, moving on to uh, this weekend again, it's the Duxford Air Show Meet the Fighters uh, Day. That sounds good. Um, exploring the, uh, in commemoration of the 80th anniversary of the formation of the Royal Air Force Fighter Command, uh, the air show highlights Duxford's role as the wartime fighter station. Uh, there's a huge lineup of aircraft uh, there this weekend at Duxford. Uh, too many to mention. Obviously, the Red Arrows are going to be there uh, and the Battle of Britain Memorial flight. Um, there's there's just so many aircraft I could sit here all day at this, but that's at uh, Duxford Air Show uh, this weekend on the 10th and the 11th of September. Wow! Uh, moving into October, so we'll do just the first air show of October. Uh, this one is the Festival of Flight Spectacular uh, in Warwickshire here in the UK. And uh, it's a two-day uh, event on Saturday the 1st and Sunday the 2nd of October. Uh, and they've got uh, the Glider FX team who were at uh, Seething mm. uh, last yes, weekend. They were. They've Very got, impressive uh, they were too. The Pitts uh, S2 Special there, Aerosparks Grob 109, uh, and more to be uh, confirmed for the that usual, in October. Yeah, absolutely. So loads of good air shows still left to come until mm. uh, until the well until the end of the until year the until the end of the air show season anyway. Any uh, air shows in particularly uh, this year, Pip, that you've uh, been to or uh, that you're going to uh, before this season finishes? Uh, well, no, the only two I went to uh, obviously React. I briefly saw you guys there, and yep. of course Farnborough. Uh, Farnborough was epic. Like, yeah. yeah, I would have liked to have gone to Bruntingthorpe again. Mm. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I, I think I missed that one this year. Um, the Duxford one sounds good. I'm I'm off as well. Cool. Yeah, I I, I keep toying with the idea. When yeah. when is that? That's this weekend. Yeah, the oh, Duxford right. no, one's I'm, this weekend. I'm, I'm in London. Matt's in London this yes, weekend. London. Oh, this this weekend coming up. Yeah, this tomorrow. weekend. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're not you're not in the UK, Pip. You, no, you yeah, can't so that's that out. No, it's just a, <laughs> I, I should probably go. I should probably go and d depress myself by going to the Imperial War Museum or something. The, the, the other one in London, because the lo one in London isn't as good as, as the one in Cambridge. No, I've they, said that no, numerous said that, times. Yeah. Anyway, that Paul is... Paul Tricker has just said in, yes. the, in the chat room that uh, Jacob has recognised Carlos on the laptop and said that we were at the air show. Oh, yes, we were. Well done, Jacob. Well done, Absolutely. Jacob. Well done. Hello to you. Uh, uh, I, I've got an air show, sort of, that you might be interested oh, cool. in. Oh, what's that? What's that? Now, I didn't realise until very recently... <laughs> that this new airship, the Airlander 10, this mm. enormous airship, is being built just down the road from where I live, literally it is, yes. 10 miles away. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why, but I assumed it was being built in Germany. No, 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 it's um, here, because they've been doing the test flights and everything here. Yeah, in, it's over it, at Cardington, which yeah. is literally just down the road from me. So, uh, so anyone can go down and watch it next time it flies. So I might uh, make, mm. take 
yeah, take do, the boy across and, and have a look at that. Take us some video footage, Pip. That'd be great. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's fair to say that it, one of its test flights, it had a rather unorthodox landing that's done <laughs> substantial we, we damage. That, yeah. So don't be too <laughs> excited. It won't be in the air for a little bit, for a little while, it seems. Um, from a story that we covered, I think um, was it last week or the it's week before? Week before, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they were quite, quite a serious um, bit, of a, bit of a crash. Quite a serious a mini, crash mini crash. Landing. Mini yeah, crash. Yeah. But, uh, so coming with power lines and all that kind of thing, a bit of a mess. So uh, yes, unless people don't obviously know, where can everyone find us? Well, you've got several ways of, of finding us or getting in touch with the show. Your first and probably best option is to go to www.plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, on there, you can uh, w- listen and or watch to previous shows uh, you can also look at some photos some great again some great photos that Carlos took at all our various sh- mm-hmm. air shows and events that we've been to uh, and obviously you can you can have a look, little look at the podcast community that we're very oh, yeah. proud to be yeah. a member of you can also meet the team if you want to know what we all do for a living uh, there is some um, silly podcast thing that I would strongly recommend and the gentleman <laughs> at the other end will probably tell us all about that and that, uh, probably yeah. tell us all about that how do they find you Pip? You can find me at uh, the website, plainsafetypodcast.com, and all uh, the usual places, Twitter usual, and yeah. Facebook. I, I just recorded a brand new episode just Yay. this morning. Oh, fantastic. So that will be out very soon. I've got some great feedback to include from some people who are in the chat room right now. Oh, great. Uh, including a really fantastic piece of uh, feedback from Barbara regarding great. the journal. Oh, wow. Brilliant. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, well worth. Can listening. you make sure that's released for next week? Pete, in time for Molly's on late. Yeah, I'm on late shift. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, Thank so you. so that is episode <laughs> number thirty-two, which is going to be literally hot off the presses any next moment. week. Yeah, can't uh, wait yeah, for that. T- to get in touch with our show on Facebook, it is facebook.com forward slash Plain Talking UK. Uh, our Twitter handle it's Plain Talking UK. So it's ha- at Plain Talking UK, uh, and of course, if you want to send a do old school and send us an email, we like is, emails. We do like we email. love emails. we love your audio feedback as well. Please send us audio feedback because it makes such a change from having to listen to me and Carlos <laughs> drone on for hours on end. Drone, um, but uh, yes, please podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. You can send me the audio file in any format you like. You can, if you even wish, send me uh, send it to us using Facebook Messenger, mm. uh, and I can. I can lift the audio from there. So you've got no excuse. Just ping us uh, some audio feedback, and we promise we will include it in next week's show. Yeah, so special thanks uh, to you, Pip, for joining us this evening from your luxury six-star mm. hotel in Nice France. curtains, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the more interesting hotels I've uh, stayed in recently. Excellent. It's like a kid's bedroom. Oh, splendid. It's, you'll be right. You can see this. Re- there's there's uh, a picture of a spaceman on the wall over there. Can you see that? Yes, that's uh, excellent. Yes, uh, that's, that's different. <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> I've got space-themed curtains. They're lovely. I've got an, an Apollo 10 sticker on the wall here. Oh, Good. Dear. Right, okay. Is that the... Li- it was when Apollo Zah. 10 was up in the air the last time that room was updated, possibly. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> so what's, what have you got? Like, have you got anything special planned up for your tour of duty for this... Uh, Week, um, Pip. Any any lovely destinations you're heading off to this week? Uh, not so far. I've got an early start tomorrow Ooh. from Ooh. here up to London, Ooh. and I can't remember where else after that. Oh. Good. So no, no way to tropical. Yeah. Oh, nowhere tropical. Nowhere to work on the suntan. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I already had a bit of a, a lay around the pool earlier today. So oh, did you know? Top my tan up already. It's been a hard day for <laughs> it's Pip. It's been a really rough day. I've been tiling today. I've been How tiling a front right. doorstep okay. today. That's been my the 
excitement today I've had you know, up there. Today I've been mostly doing school runs. That's he's what been, I've been Matt's doing. been driving his new because yeah. Matt has got a new coach. I have. He's got a he's got a nice, nice shiny. Coach. I got a nice new, new shiny coach. coach. Yeah, yeah. It's really quite nice. I must be honest. I do quite like the aircon. I won't Neither. lie. I won't <laughs> lie. The last couple of days I've been really quite excitable. <laughs> he's had aircon. I know. I have indeed. Anyway, uh, this is an aviation show. I, I know. Keep, I keep doing this. Uh, I'll stop um, hijacking. A you. massive, massive, massive thanks to all our amazing listeners across the globe mm. uh, for downloading the show every week via iTunes. Don't forget, if you could leave us some feedback on iTunes on the uh, Do, little yes. comments bit yeah, all helps um, to when you push, download it, it helps to push us up the list, up yep. the list of uh, pocket and mm. makes us more visible to everyone who's on yep. iTunes. So yeah, if you could uh, leave a comment, I think the last one we had on there was from Neville Bounds was on iTunes. Oh, we had uh, some feedback on the uh, iTunes. So yeah, just give us a little oh, click on there. Which Tony, Tony's asking, what sort of coach is it? Am I allowed to say? Oh, go on. Oh, Matt. okay, all right. <laughs> it is. It's. It's. Uh, it's. Uh, it's got a. It's uh, a Van Hool. Uh, it's a T nine. Uh, and it's got, um, yeah, this means nothing to it. It's a Van Hool, it's T9, it's got a B10N engine in it, and it's absolutely blooming gorgeous. I love the T9. It's my favourite. Do you? <laughs> yes, okay. Well, I had a T-Mobile coaches. Yes. The new T9 is the best. The new new one is is a, is a really fancy Elise, which is the next one up from. Mine. Sounds like Lotus. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, uh, enough of this. That's so where we bring oh, episode on that rather pointless bombshell. A big thank you as well before we close <laughs> to everyone who's joined us in the chat room, the live chat room on in YouTube. Oh, it's been mentally. It's here. been really, really busy in the chat room. Yeah, we do really appreciate all you guys giving up your uh, well your Friday evening this week to join us in the chat room. It's been Matty, buzzing in Matt, there. Matty Fab has asked, "What's the VR?" speed Matt what does that mean somebody translate that for me <laughs> that's obviously something aviation related I've I, worked I that know. out yeah. I don't think Matt takes off no. well he does but he does take <laughs> off in some, in some ways I don't know. 11 seat a transit how, excuse me I'll have you know it's 55 seats thank 50, you very much 55 55 yes how dare you that's more seats yeah. than Pip, Pip's Hawker <laughs> Oh, Milo's asked. I bet it goes faster as well. Yeah, it would probably. <laughs> yeah, Milo said, Matt, does it have one of those wonderful bouncy seats for the driver? The short answer is yes, it does. Um. I've never had one before. It's an air seat and it makes me feel really sick. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> okay. I'm. Well, because it's like. Oh, oh, hello. Pips has destroyed his. Uh... <laughs> Mobile You're studio. Right, You're right, Pip. <laughs> Sorry, I've been gradually getting more and more drunk. And I'm, I'm knocking over. Okay, right. Okay. Oh, we better wrap up yeah, then. Indeed, quick. Yes. So, panic, panic. so uh, <laughs> don't forget to uh, keep your eyes on Facebook for yep. the links and the times for yep. next week's show. We next should be, Saturday, I think. We should be yeah. back to a yeah. Saturday next week. Yep. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you can we'll join see. us. Again. Unless everybody prefers Friday nights. No, or Friday, or Friday yeah. nights. That'll be episode 130 next week. It'll be episode 130. Yes, yeah. What are we going to do for We've got to do something special for 150. Yeah, we're we'll have do. to think of something special. Yeah, any ideas, boys and girls? We'll do the. So. We'll do beans. We've got the satellite system now, we and we know it works yes, really yes, well. Yes. Perhaps we should just go and do the uh, live show in the middle of a field. Right. Okay. I'd, I'd like it to be more aviation related, if that's all right with you. An uh, airfield. Sorry, yeah. I forgot to put the word air <laughs> at the beginning of that. An airfield. I mean, just. A, I mean, there's a lot of fields <laughs> around here. We could do it in the middle of a field, but I, I, I'd like to sort of. Yes. Yeah, so seriously, boys and girls, any ideas? Any ideas about what we should do for our 150th show? Uh, any mm. ideas would be eternally grateful. And any, if, if there are any that we can pull off, then we'll do it. Anyway, Excellent. time to end. That's it then. That's where we're going to bring episode 129 to a close of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Again, thanks to Pip for joining us on the show this week. And, uh, and yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. So from me, Carlos, here in the PTUK kitchen studio, it is a good evening, good night, 
and have a great weekend. From Matt here, I'm off to London tomorrow, very excited. Uh, Socialising, it's going to be nice, I'm meeting friends and everything. Uh, from me here, it is goodbye and the legend that is Pip. From me down here in sunny south of France, it's a big bonjour. From all of us here, guys, it is great. Thanks very much for watching. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.